Hey folks, it's Jeremy Kirkland. You're listening to Blamo. How are we doing? Did we all watch the big game last night? The Super Bowl? The crazy game? The Chiefs? The Eagles? Are we ticked? Are we elated? Are we overjoyed? Um, I watched it. It was fun. Good game. That is my Super Bowl report. Way to go, everybody. Other than that, we're alive. We're hanging in there one day at a time. I'm full on adulting with all my adult problems, dealing with things like uh, toilets that don't flush right and make noises and air vents that, you know, all this like living in a house, being an adult stuff. It's crazy. And I think about, man, I just, sometimes I just want to, I want to go grab my skateboard. I want to go back to me in the early 90s, trying to kickflip, trying to do my thing, learning how to skate in the world and feeling as cool as I'd ever felt in my life. Um, funny enough, that is <laughs> that person that I thought about all the time is my guest this week. His name's Alex Corcoran. I mean, he's actually pretty difficult to describe because he does it all. I mean, he's a he's an editor, he's a photographer, he's a DJ, but for most people, he's known as one of the most groundbreaking pioneers of street skateboarding in the 1980s, specifically in New York. I mean, Alex and his crew, I mean, they were constantly getting chased around New York. But they made the city their own, and they documented all of it. Not with their phones. Come on, this is the 80s here. With their cameras and video cameras, and they perfectly summarized it in their book, Full Bleed. It's, it's an incredible book. If you don't have it, you got to pick it up. There's a link in the show notes, but it's, it's incredible. It's, it's more or less a photojournalism book uh, that shows early skateboarding culture, as well as New York. It's incredible. It's basically like a Bible if you're, if you're into skateboarding. But he was on the show. It was a fantastic conversation. Alex and I discussed how he helped pioneer skateboarding in New York City, the early days managing Supreme, how he feels about skate culture being mainstream, keeping the vibes positive, and the 10th anniversary of his epic skate photography book, Full Bleed. Let's get to it. Uh, well, Alex, thanks for making the time to chat. Thank you. So, I mean, I, I'd, I'd, love to, I'd love to chat with you about obviously about the book but a little bit about you because i think a lot of people don't realize for me you are kind of like one of the og original like new york crew like when people yeah. think about new york skateboarding like alex corporan's in there and i know it's <laughs> corporate but like pardon and, and that's corporate however you guys it it's, it's corporate for me because i'm born and raised in new york so, so yeah, been, yeah. <laughs> But like, I, I am curious, like how some of this stuff started. Um, like, I mean, if you want to talk about SES or whatever, and we can talk about early Supreme, but yeah. I mean, b- before full bleed and before the, this like New York scene, there really was nothing, right? Uh, there, there was nothing around. It was like the few heads downtown, like, um, like Andy Kessler and all those guys, like they were doing all of this thing, like, cause they started in the seventies, but it was only yeah. a few, a few of them, you know, before the original Z York artist started. Yeah. Right before Z York started, there was Z York artist. So there was like just a few of them. So there wasn't much traction going on. Even though when I started, I started because I was in Washington Heights and that was like, when I tell people Washington Heights, they're like, what? In the 80s? I was like, yeah, that was like, you know, people get shocked because it was like, it used to be the coke capital of the world at one point. Yeah. It's like, you go up yeah. there, to get, you come from Jersey, you come from Connecticut, you come from everywhere to get it, you know? Yeah, so yeah, it's not a, Lin-Manuel Miranda town at that yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's no townhouses with fences, you know? Yeah, exactly. The, the, the White House with the picket fence didn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, I mean, because so you grew up here, you know, w- was skateboarding, I mean, 
like how did you first get into it and i know some of these things you've answered before so like you know kind of humor me on some of this stuff oh no i started because um my best friend freddie valerio was skating so somebody so somehow you got a skateboard from skates skates on height from san San francisco because there's no real skate shops out here yet yeah 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 like there was some but it wasn't like again it wasn't like a go-to thing like now where you're like oh yeah let me go to kcdc and then let me go to labor and let me go to supreme you know there's like so many choices now right then there's like one in a dozen and it was like skate shops carrying other stuff but then uh so you know once you see your best friend doing something you want to do it also with them so i got it got a board ordered the ordered the board from from there told my mom like please order a board i want to skate with freddie and then uh when the minute i touched it like i said it's just ruled my world. It was just one of those magical moments. I was like, oh, my world is over. That's it. This is what I'm doing. I'm here, here I go. And it just started just taking me in into like the, the another side of New York that a lot of people have never seen. Cause you know, a lot of people would stick in their neighborhoods and only stay like, you know, I'm here and I'm there. Like, well, I'm only LES. I'm only in Harlem. I'm only uptown. Only it took us to the adventure of New York. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you called that out because I don't think yeah. people, a lot of people look at New York now as one big neighborhood. And exactly. people that grew up in New York are like, no, no, no. Yeah. You know, I'm from Sheepshead or I'm from Washington yeah. Heights or Harlem. And like, that's where I stayed. Like, I didn't, pe- people weren't riding the train yeah. as much <laughs> as they do now. Not like that. Not, all that stuff. Yeah. Nah, it, it, it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like the Warriors. The Warriors was something that kind of set that program. With other yeah. good state in the neighborhoods. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like, how did you first venture to find spots to skate? Because you weren't, I mean, initially you said you guys would go through, like, Fort Tryon Park and stuff like that, you know, which yeah. is kind of, like, in your area. Um, but, like, what was it like when you first started venturing outside of Washington Heights? It was a, it was an amazing adventure because we heard about this place called the Brooklyn Banks that has, yeah. like, a wave, a wave type of deal. And we're like, let's go t- check it out. And then went downtown, saw it, skated it. And from there, it was a, a wild ride. And then it's like, go to the seaport. Go all around the city. You're on the, in the Wall Street area. And it was fun because like, the banks were such the meeting spot to find out your growth of where you're going to go skateboarding. Because that's where that's what everyone from all the boroughs knew where to go. Yeah. So yeah, you know, you skate in your neighborhood. Like for us, it was like Bennett Park, Fort Tryon Park. Um, you know, the, we're bombing the hills. We you, we used to be called the Mini SF back then. So, so it, we, you know, the to to venture like that was, was amazing. And venturing was not being liked. On top of that, it wasn't like we were cool. We're like dirty motherfuckers just on the train. Just like, <laughs> we're just like we're like. We don't know what's going on and what we're doing, but we're doing it. And we just know how to get there. There was no <laughs> cell phone. So if you didn't meet us at Bennett Park at 9 o'clock in the morning, skate with us for two or three hours, and then we'll all break out and be like, this is all like, yo, we're going to wait for so-and-so. It's like, we're out. And then <laughs> you see your friend like in the park, like, where you, you know, there's no way to call us because you had to call them our mom's house or like, and we didn't tell our mom our mom and dad where the hell we were going because on top of that, they were they would freak out, you know. It wasn't like it's something cool to tell your mom and dad, like, I'm gonna go downtown and I'm just gonna skate around the city. It's like, 
like that's fine, especially in the eighties. That wasn't something that you tell your mom like, yeah, I'm gonna go meet my friend on Thirteenth Street and just chill. It's like, how are you getting on the train? Uh, I gave I only gave you four dollars. Like, what are you? How are you doing it? Uh, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> those four dollars were for like to share a burger with somebody, a quarter water, a big, you know, a big tub of water. You know, yeah, all, yeah. It's like it was one of those like, how do you, how do you <laughs> how do you make four dollars go far with your friends? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember. I mean, I'm I'm a little younger than you, but for me, when I first got into skating, it was because of people like, you know, you and your crew. I mean, this was the early 90s for me, right. and we had just discovered 411. Oh, yeah. Know? And so th- this was already, you know, after you all had created, like, documented skate culture, because there wasn't, you know, and I, I say this, you know this, but a lot of people, it's like, there wasn't the phone where you could easily record something oh. and share it immediately. Like, you, have to, you have to wait like every other other every couple months like to get the new four one one. It was like yeah. the most exciting thing on earth, and it was like, who's gonna get it? Because you know, again, it was parents, expensive. Yeah, parents didn't understand. Like, why am I gonna pay for a VHS tape for skateboarding? You know, yeah. for them, like they'd rather buy a Terminator for us. You know, like something like that. But it was like, oh, let's let's okay, I'll buy you one, son. You're like, there's no way on earth. When, like, how long had you been skating when you all started to document it? Um, I was already started at 13, 14. So by the time I started documenting it, my father had bought a family camera. And I kind of just yeah. went. <laughs> I took it from him. Took it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, like, like, film and photography are, like, like, I was so blown away by, like, the surfing and all that stuff that would come up once in the blue moon, like, on a Saturday, like, out of nowhere, yeah. maybe, like, 8 in the morning. And then um, you see, like, the Oceanside video. And then the first video I ever owned was um, Future Primitive and um, then uh, <clears throat> classic, then Animal Chin. And when I saw what Stacey Peralta was doing with the camera, I was like, I have to film my friends like this. Obviously... You didn't realize they had quality, quality top fucking Hollywood cameras filming all that stuff. <laughs> True. Yeah. So, you know, but but still like I had the angles in mind. I have there are certain things that like my head was like, how do we do this? How do I film this? You know? Yeah, because I, I I mean you have a, a very distinctive like eye and like, you know, I mean, because you're kind of a bit of everything. I mean, I don't even know what call you i mean you're an editor you're a photographer videographer director i mean what what would you even i don't know label yourself at? i had no idea i just i just do it all like whatever don yeah something <laughs> I, don't know. I just love it that's it i think that's a that's the thing i just like uh i i enjoy what something that was so like brand new yeah we, we're able to like really put our put our foot right there and just just keep on doing it yeah, I mean, because the thing is, also while you're doing this, no one likes it. No one, no, no. one's welcoming you guys. You got dogs getting sicked on you. Yeah, sick. Uh, security guards, friends, parents, our own parents, people are like, "Who the hell are you guys?" Like, <laughs> it's it just a really funny time. Yeah, I mean, what made you keep going with that? I mean, I when that stuff happened to me, I was I was scared. <laughs> Oh, it was freaky mentally, but we had 
we started building this family of people together. So mm-hmm. we we just became this circle of trust with each other. Like, yo, we're not letting no one in unless they're like down with us. And that was it. Yeah, power in numbers. Yeah. <laughs> so then like come the 90s, and this is where I think like skate culture became much, you know, it was it was still kind of underground, but it was like cool underground where, you know, CCS had popped up and yeah, 4-in-1 and even things like Thrasher, Transworld and all that, I think was like becoming a little bit more, you know, underground sort of mainstream. But even then it was all West Coast stuff until you guys start popping up. You know, I mean, Brooklyn Banks, I mean, that stuff, that was like that was burn stuff and everything else. Yeah, that, yeah. exactly. But it's pretty funny, though, because we had the Brooklyn Banks and everyone from the West Coast wanted to come to Brooklyn Banks. But the yeah. biggest time the West Coast came here and they got blown away was the Tompkins Square contest in 1989 thrown by Skate NYC. And we had like all of the H Street guys here. They had like everyone was here like that you could dream of because, again, it was a small group and it was just, it was like the New York guys with the California guys skating the same contest together. Like, wait, I'm skating with Sean Sheffy over here. And like, you know, all the shirt guys are like raw from New York and just surprising all the guys from like, you know, California. They're like, what the fuck? Who are these maniacs? Yeah. It's such a great, great energy. And I think that right there, that was the, the full connection where New York street skating and California street skating just blew up together because the hot the hot teams at the time was a street when tony magnuson started you know with mike tonansky and <clears throat> that was where we were looking up to and we're like wow and it's so funny that we fly out there i'm like oh where's the other spot and it's like no you got to drive like 40 miles to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right so that's, that's right. why over here everyone got blown away because you we're like oh no we're just right down there we're right down there yeah do it all in a day yeah oh yeah you could go skate midtown downtown <laughs> lower east side everything in like one day and and have a great session like when, when did you start <clears throat> to realize that this it's 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 more than a hobby like you can you can actually start to make a living off this stuff. I mean, I knew it from the beginning from how much I loved it, but I think it was one, once, I think once H Street kind of like, because the the Bones Brigade was like the gods and we didn't know what to do. Like, how do you do this? Like, what do we do with these guys? Like, (laughs) we have no idea, you know, like with their like California style and everything. But I knew like for us for street skating, I knew it was going to be different. Like after, I think the Tompkins Square contest, I knew like the energy, we showed the energy to everyone else and we knew that. And then everyone started getting picked up by companies from there. So a lot of people had eyes on us right after that. Yeah. Who was the first company you started working with? I started, I started with two companies from New York, one from Jersey, one from Queens. One from Jersey was called Jab. Jab skateboards I skated for. Then I skated for <clears throat> poverty. Then I was with GNS for a little bit when I went to San Diego for the first time. Yeah. And then I worked at Ham Skate Shop out there. And then I then I was like, oh yeah, sending boards out like, to everyone. Like <laughs> some New York dirty shit, like that's boards. It's like <laughs> yeah. this is stuff. And then I came to New York and I was just Getting boards like from different companies, just like people were sending me shit. 
And then after that, I was just part of the New York family right there in 93, just a part of it. I was on the team. I was just with the, with the family. So it was like, it's like, it's like when we did Supreme, it's like some people were really on the team. Then those people that were family that's still getting treated, treated the same way. But you know, the family, the family version, you don't get a check. The guys that actually skated for them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Because then you you started managing Supreme, right? I, I mean, start, you I, were. I started managing Supreme like around 96, 97. I'd like in between that. Mm-hmm. And but I was again. Zuyer family started in there. And then when James opened up Supreme, was there from the very beginning with everyone. So it, we were just there. And then they they let me in as. And a full full time employee, all the way until two thousand four, when I left. Which, yeah, I mean, because then you got to be at the Supreme where it wasn't just like insanity all day. Oh no! I mean, because that that was you you left right around the time I moved to New York. So I moved yeah. to New York in '04, and yeah. I remember I had some buddies who were like, "Oh, you should go to Supreme." They got you know this is before it was before like the bigger collabs. I think this was like before Visvim and stuff. But like there were some you guys were. Nike SB, you were selling some of that stuff. Yeah, you just started at that time. I was, I was there when I was one of the guys that helped push it. Like once it came to the store, we mm-hmm. were there pushing it. But like Supreme used to be like you and I just talking just like this for a long time. Yes, <laughs> like the yeah. store, like from eleven thirty until like maybe three o'clock. Oh, there, there goes some people coming in. It's not like now where you can't even like walk into the store like to work because there's a a line forever. Yeah, I mean, I am curious, and I'm sure you've talked about this before, like, how have you felt where initially, if we look back, skateboarding was, it was basically like a way to be accepted. And it was, you know, you you skated because the world wasn't as accepting, and you created your own culture. I mean, literally, from this amalgamation of every different background, all that you had to love was skating, and you were in. And now, like, skating is incredibly mainstream and in some ways some like younger kids are like man everyone skates i don't even know if i should do that anymore. oh yeah yeah <laughs> back then people were like what we want to be a part of it. what are you guys doing and we we're just like we just shunned them we we're just like hey do what you gotta do but you know it's not like we let everyone in yeah exactly yeah, and but- so i mean how have you felt with now that like skateboarding is super mainstream and like supreme is like you got you know little kids wearing supreme or people flipping box logos like that whole culture that came from it i i it's just a progression of life you know <laughs> um, <laughs> you can't stay cool the whole time right you know at the, at the end of the day you just got to keep on going it's like let's say like Guns N' Roses, they're awesome. And then all of a sudden, selling out big stadiums, and then they have to do all these weird shows where they have to make money. It's yep. <laughs> the same progression. It's like, you have to make money, you know, at, at the end of the day. But, I'm, you know, as long as you're having fun with it, and, like, James still keeps it great because he kept Fat Bill on, and he has, like, Todd Jordan, like, part of it. And, and, and it's just – and Kyle – Obviously, it's good to see that he's always keeping it fresh with the people that are there from like the heart of it, you know, yeah. not not the people that are trying to be like cool. And he he kept he kept that legacy on. I mean, that is key. Like yeah. 
I mean, and I don't even know how to uh, verbally explain that where it's like the essence of it. Because like, I love Supreme and then I hate Supreme and I love it. <laughs> but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I still respect it. Uh, like, no, the, it is, the, re- the respect is there big time. And I love yeah. it. I love, I love seeing something that was from the beginning with a whole bunch of us to, to seeing the phenomenon that it is. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it's still, it still feels authentic to yeah. me. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, I remember I was getting these like Nike SBs there and I would just get like a hoodie or something at that time. And, you know, it was just like, it was smaller things. I mean, I think when I first got some of the early Supreme, they had just done the like reinforced seat Dicky style pant. Oh, yeah. You know, and that was like the skate pant. And I was trying to skate. Like, I used to skate in the 90s and stuff, but I was like never that good, you know. But it, yeah, I could, you know, I could barely do anything, but it was still like the way to move around, the way to like, you know, chill and have fun. And when I was in New York, I was trying to skate and I was just getting lapped, like (laughs) in a heartbeat. Like, people were just like, nah, fam, like, you, maybe you should do something else. I'm like, oh, I used to skate when I was younger. They're, they're like, yeah. They're like, hold you. I'm like, I'm 18. And they're like, yeah, you're still younger, buddy. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't think you got it. Maybe you got to climb the ladder. You got to climb the yeah. ladder. And that's what it is with skateboarding now. These kids don't want to climb the ladder. They just they want instant gratification. And they forget, yep. like, what we were talking about before, like, with the phone ones and even getting a magazine. Like, where would you get a magazine? You know, you have to, yeah. like, find it. You have to, like, all right, so skate. Might have, might have it, or, or maybe Skate NYC, but it was so hard to find a magazine to get inspired. We didn't have that Insta, like, oh, look at that. I mean, how many times you watched the H Street video <laughs> the, or, the, or, or the world video? Like, oh, yeah. You, you would just sit there and just like, I'll watch it like a hundred times. Like now I it's like, like destroyed my VCR yeah. on these things where oh, I kept rewinding it and I was trying to pause it. And then you remember whether you had like the little yep. auto tracking thing because I'd pause it, but I couldn't see exactly couldn't see how it. I was doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we used to burn out VCRs like it was going out of style. <laughs> you know? Like if the game of the, the sneaker and the clothing game was if they the VCR companies knew that back then for skateboarding, they would have been gazillion more more gazillions <laughs> yeah oh my god yeah. imagine somebody would have found out like somebody like you and i would have been in that like, oh yeah we're oh yeah i know how to talk to the ceo of company watch <laughs> <laughs> branded some skateboard like name vcr <laughs> just like yeah this for you for you guys burning it out <laughs> so then you do full bleed yeah you know down the road and this is before obviously the 10th anniversary which is what we're we're talking about now but like what made you want to capture all this stuff like what gave you the idea to to document this especially with the labor that is required to document at that time it's just um the love of skateboarding the love of photography you know just new york city being our backdrop backdrop and people not understanding what what new york city stemmed from so i had to show people uh, a visual thing of like this is what skateboarding looks like in New York City because if you see us down the street, you see us trying to ollie over pump while we're cruising, and you see us fall, you'll just laugh at us, and be like ah, you know. But we didn't, we didn't have the skate parks back then, you know. So it was yeah. that, that was that was just my idea, really. And I was like, oh, 
let me show them that how New York City is our full skate park. And that's where I was like, and I'm, you know, being in skateboarding forever. I'm friends with all the photographers and all that stuff. So I started, hey, man, I'm thinking about doing this book on New York City, but it's not going to be a skate magazine. So I don't want, I don't really want skate magazine photo types. I want like mm. artsy, like showing, because I know everyone has it. You know, yeah, it wasn't like it's yeah, because it's not just big handrails. I yeah, mean, it's, it's it's a life in yeah, this book. I just want to show a lifestyle of New York City, showing everyone, not only New York City people. I was like, I was like, no, I, anyone that's here, I just want that quality of like how New York City, that energy of New York City, and I, I finally got to do it. I got I did it part way for a year, and then um, it found it very hard because I was up to thirty photographers at one time. Mm. But I was going through fucking so many photos, like, you know, digital, you know, like everything going negatives, going through everything. And then I was getting frustrated at one point. And I was like, damn, who, who do I need to find that's, that's not a jaded skateboarder in the community? Because <laughs> at the time, in like after 1999, after a lot of companies have folded and all our friends, all my friends, the, the main, the main crew kind of like just kind of not we didn't leave each other, but skateboarding was like, eh, that was like part part time, <laughs> you know, it was even part time. Yeah. So I, I was, uh, I was talking to Ivory with Sarah about it. And Sarah, Sarah's like, yeah, I'll help you. You know, he's a photographer, an amazing skateboarder, him and his twin brother. And I was like, and I was like, Ivory always has a good attitude and he was part of the alleged gallery crew and, so I was, I was like, yeah, you know what? Fuck yeah, Ivory, let's do this. Let's help me out. And we started going at it. And then I, after a couple months, we were like, wait, we need somebody to lay this shit out. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to do it in design and, and all that. And needed the Ivory. Ivory's a fantastic photographer, but the, the time for him to do all that is different because he has his own studio and doing his own thing like that. I was like, who are we going to get? He's like, how about Andre Razzo? I was like, that beautiful soul, hell yeah, <laughs> done. So us three teamed up and just started doing it. And we're rocking and rolling on it. And the funny thing is before Andy Kessler passed away, you know, Andy Kessler's like, hey, man, I heard you doing this book. I want to see it. I want to see what's going on because Andy's very, like, possessive of New York because, you know, yeah, he's, yeah, one yeah, of the, yeah. he's one of the first known skateboarders from New York City. He's like, I want to see Alex. What's up, man? And we went upstairs to the Spike TV office because that's where we were like doing it, doing it up. Because that's where Andre worked at at the time. And he's like, you know what? This is awesome. And you're the only guy I like from your crew. <laughs> from like the, the whole skate crew, like from the 90s. He's like, you're kind of the only guy I really like. <laughs> I was like, wow. Okay. I was like, I take that. <laughs> But no, it was it was a fun journey, and then um, so we got we got the book kind of looks like it's finished, right. and then we started writing a list of of publishers, and then went to we had Vice, we had Rizzoli, we had a we had a great like list of ten, yeah, yeah. And since Andre knew Sarouche, mm -hmm. he set up a meeting, and we go there. They're checking it out. Our, ben Dietz was working the whole marketing and everything for it. 
he's like, all right, we sit there. You know, like little room, turn lights out, it's on a slide. Everything stays quiet after seeing it. They're like, looks like you guys got a full book already. But we'll, we'll get back to you soon. Yeah. They got back to us next week. They're like, yeah. uh, come over. And we're like, what? <laughs> we, us three, me, Andre, and I, we started like shuffling. We're like, oh, shit. We got we to gotta really finish up the book now. And then, you know, we did it. They took it. They published it. They went off. And then uh, Rossi from Milk Studios did our first big show. And that was like, wow, big skate show at Milk Studios. That was like unheard of also. So the book has done some unheard of stuff, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's funny, like, all the names you're casually mentioning of, like, oh, my friend this, a friend that, like, for listeners, like, there, it's all, like, if there was a Hall of Fame, yeah. just, like, legends, yeah. like, they're all just your homies. Which... <laughs> yeah, I know, it's amazing, and then, uh, come, you know, the book is doing great, fantastic, Vice sold to MTV Books, so yeah. it kind of got lost in the sauce for a couple, couple years, but, you know, people were still asking for it. And then right before COVID, I was like, dude, Andre, Ivory, let's do a 10-year anniversary. Yeah. They were like, oh, all right. But, you know, we don't want to do the legwork. I was like, don't worry. I got it. Let's do this. I got my friend Dakota from, from 169 Bar. He said that we've been talking about this. And he said he just bought, he, he invested in a publishing company. And he, he's like, yo, let's do it. We got it. So... We did. We got to go do Salamander Books, and and that that went amazing. I wanted to add more pages to it. The one from ten years ago was awesome. But I wanted to mm-hmm. add more the more photographers that were younger, and, and some people that didn't make the book. So I yeah. want I want them to feel that you know I wasn't just over here. I was like I'm about the fu- over there here in the future. You know, like I wanted mm-hmm. everyone to be in it. Yeah. And it worked out great. But then COVID happened. Jeez, yep. like everyone else. Yep. Our books are stuck in the middle of ocean in India. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pissing myself off. Like I'm just like, oh, this sucks. I was like, are these books ever gonna make it? And then uh it came and we've just been going off with it. You know, thanks to George and Dakota. They've been uh doing such a great job. And also, I mean, you got a pretty big cosign with the Tony Hawk intro. Oh, I mean, yeah, that was that was the that was the that was George was like, if you could get me Tony Hawk to do the the forward, then we're definitely gonna do it. I was like, bet. <laughs> I was like, and I know Tony, but I was like, what's the easiest way to get to Tony? Because I know he's like the busiest man in skateboarding ever. He's like, who could reach out to him faster? As I called up Bruno Musso, who started <laughs> shut with Ronnie Smith and stuff. I was like, Bruno, yeah, yeah. can you get me Tony right away? Tell him it's Alex. He's from New York. He's like, all right, let's see what I can do. Tony finally hit me up. He's like, oh, cool, I'll do it. Then he's like, I don't really know what to write. I was like, just write what you feel. <laughs> It's like about New York nice. City. That, that's great. That's great <laughs> advice, honestly. That's it. Just write, yeah. write what you feel about New York City, you know. And and he did it. Got that. And like I said, took off. Got a you know four hundred pages hardcover, and 
I just want to keep on showing kids uh, what skateboarding history in New York was never started now. It's, it's been around for a long time. Yeah, because I mean, the book, I have it and it's not, it's not just skate history too. I mean, yeah. it's New York history, New York history, especially as someone, you know, I lived in New York. I, I moved during COVID, but I lived there for about 16 some odd years. And, you know, I moved there when people are like, man, New York's done. New York's done. It's over. Right. As someone who's lived in New York their whole life, more or less, like, yeah. what, what is your take on it? You know, because I think some people that grew up a long time, they're like, man, it's, it's, not, it's not OG anymore. It's um, all... It's definitely not OG no more. There's still, <laughs> there's still pockets, you know. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, once again, we're the historians. We're the ones that get to tell get to tell the story about this and do it without yeah. with and do it without putting down people because that's the thing that's wrong with when I say jaded it's like it's more like there's a lot of people that are like oh no I want the I like love the old New York and all that and it's like I wanted to sometimes <laughs> <laughs> there's just elements that you don't ever want to see again there's no way you know but again you got to understand if everything's growth and you have to go with it and yes you have to be the historian to tell people what what went on in new york skateboarding and new york itself without putting down people like oh you don't know you don't know shit it's like you should guide people through it instead of like putting putting people down because that's what that's where when people are like fuck you guys i don't care this is my shit now you know, you don't want people to be that way. Yeah. So that's a really specific outlook and it's a very like warm and forgiving outlook. But I imagine you might not have had that when you were younger. What do you think gave you that outlook now? Well, that you know, the outlook gave me from me just fighting for what I love. That's it. Not caring. And it, it showed me how to respect others, myself and respect my environment. Just keep on moving. You know, because again, people want to stay in one place and just hold on to one place. We're I'm, we're just well, I'm just like I want to be everywhere. I want to see everything. Yeah, I mean, because that that's an empathetic outlook. Yeah. That's that's like a big love outlook. Yeah. That's you know, I mean, it, at the time, skate culture was the apathetic outlook. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, the, back in the day, the only time you figured out somebody skated, you saw them in vans. It's not like now where everyone was wearing vans. There's only like <laughs> ten people like wearing it. You'd be like, "Yo, you skate, don't you?" <laughs> you know, even like even not on your skateboard, you'd be like, "Look for the hole, one singer." You're like, "Oh yeah, he skates for sure." Oh yeah, you look, yeah, look, yeah. look near the toe, look yeah. at the outside toe, look at the outside toe, see, see the skating. toe cap, see if it's all. <laughs> yeah, and that's when you knew that that was like the back neck because people couldn't afford shoes. You know, not like now, like when even before before I left Supreme. And I saw kids like buying $168 shoes like out of nowhere. I was just like, how the living fuck do you do that? You buy more than one pair <laughs> and you coming again. Yeah. To, you know, I was like, where did that money come from? I remember like growing up with nothing. <laughs> right. I mean, that's, that's a thing. I mean, in, in some ways, but I think it's good. Cause I mean, I, I had no bunch of skaters who skated like back in the day. And they're now they're like just curmudgeons. Oh, dude. You know, they're like, man, when I was doing it, we did it like this. And I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> at least with these kids, like no one's trying to like stomp on you. No, like, exactly. you know, and like people started these things as a way to have community. Yeah. They're like, why can't we celebrate this community here? Together. Versus just like yeah. be pissed off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, life's life. 
you know, like I said, we we have to we have to keep on showing the example, and that's why we're always going to have the upper hand in a positive way to be like, hey, this is what's up, this is what we're doing, this is how we did it, yeah, and let's do it together because you know the hands passed off to you now. Let's go. Let's. Do you have any kids? I have a, I have a daughter. Okay, that's that's where it came from. <laughs> got it. <laughs> but she doesn't. Scare. You got some love and forgiveness in you, my man. Oh, like, big, big time, man. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like kids kids really soften you in the best possible way. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Oh yeah. Does she skate? No, she doesn't. She's like, she knows she like she looks beautiful and she wants to be like this architect, gorgeous girl oh. wearing all these rings and all this stuff. <laughs> she's uh. <laughs> She's on the other the other end of what I used to do, like with with dad. Now she's like, I know what you used to do, dad. I'm like, ah, oh. I was like that. And then again, that's why I worked at Supreme because there's no money. And lucky that I was modeling at the time a lot too, so I had an agent and all that. So that's where my money was coming from. It was like doing fifty things at once, but then the focus, the main focus was skateboarding. All the other stuff was like, this is how I'm gonna make money real quick. <laughs> So I could yeah. just, just so I could survive this lifestyle. Yeah, I mean, the because the, the modeling thing, you got like scouted off the street, right? No, um, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't remember how it all began, but all, all of a sudden <laughs> I just started doing it, and I was like, "All right." Well, that was, yeah, that was that, that was great. Do you do you consider yourself like into fashion? I love it. You know, it's another. Another thing that grew very like it grew slow. It grew slow but fast at the same time. But I enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, because I think that's that's the thing now where you know a lot of people talk about a lot of fashion designers, and I mean this is true. What friends of mine that are designers or creative directors, they all have like punk rock roots. Yeah, and not just that, like their attitudes punk rock, but that they were all into punk rock music you exactly. know i mean and you you know you like folks like brendan and stuff uh and you know th- there was always some kind of like additional layer behind them that they were like kind of tapping culture with and now i feel like a lot of people that are fashion they all take roots from skateboarding you yep. know i mean there are there are brands like a, a good friend of mine antonio changoli he runs a brand called 18 east and it's all the, the core of that brand, and I say this in a loving way, is like skateboarding and skate culture. Yeah. I mean, because he was on the Vermont skate, you know, crew. Yeah. You know, I don't, I mean, they're skating mountains and snowboarding and all that other stuff, but like that is very much a thing where a lot of people don't even realize now that the clothes that they're buying, the roots of those clothes, I mean, Supreme is the best example. Yeah. It's skate culture. Exactly. And I'm um, looking at him, like Ali Ashamore and Eli Gesner. They started platform, yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that's crazy. And that's what two skateboarders that are talented artists that they started that thing back in the day, way back. And, and Aliasha is still one of my most talented super friends that I know that just makes, makes everything look so good. And he's just such an awesome skateboarder and a, yeah, I mean, and a rocking DJ. <laughs> what, what do you think? Is there something that people learn? while they're skating that help like their minds open up more creatively? Or do you think that's just, 
It's the, they have that mind, and that's why they're skating. No, it's the freedom of expression of no one. No, is you're not like told to do like a trick a certain way. It's like you just do it, oh. and that's what's beautiful. Like, and no one's gonna judge you. It's like you just go and just enjoy to push around. Even if you're just pushing around, it's a beautiful feeling. You feel like that sense of freedom. It's almost like the same thing when people tell you about riding a, a Harley, you know. But the, the, but the difference is like with skateboarding, like that that like just like just slashing and just pushing around and just ollie up the sidewalk then ollie off and then if you have tricks, you know you do a backside one hundred and eighty over a, a garbage can and you're just flowing down the streets like you're surfing the streets and that's the that's the beauty of like when it brings that energy out of you like when you're just like oh you feel free and you're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, on the tenth anniversary. You got almost double the photographers and involved people in. Yeah. And, you know, one of those folks is like Spike Jones. How did you get connected with Spike? Well, I've known Spike for a while, but, um, but I think Ivory Connect got that. Fo- oh, no, Andre got that photo from, for the book from Spike. Mm. Yeah. And that folk, that photo was a uh, Mike Hernandez doing that, um, backside one tail and my, uh, Malali's, uh, our first real skate park. That was like the most janky skate park on earth. And if you try to go skate it, you'll get you, to to go in. You like you have to sneak over the fence or like try to make yourself cool. And if it was nightfall, you have to jump over the fence and just push your ass off to the the train station. <laughs> it was I swear, man. There's stuff that we had to go through to lay to lay the the land for everyone. It was hilarious. And I, when it's you, so great we can laugh at it now yeah i was gonna say because like that there's stuff that i think about that i was doing when i was younger right. and when i think about if my kids ever want to do this I'm like uh-uh nope. <laughs> exactly <laughs> like, like no way you can't do that but you did it nope no nope. doesn't <laughs> nope. matter i was dumb you're not <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's like you're not dumb <laughs> That's that's gnarly. Yeah. So, like, what what other stuff do you have coming up in the future? I mean, obviously, you know, th- this book has been a pretty big labor of love yeah. and a lot of work. But do you see yourself making more books, or I have a uh, um some <laughs> something pretty big that's coming out that I can't talk about yet. But you are definitely you definitely going to be hearing about it soon enough. I hope in the okay. next couple months. Yeah, which I'm very proud of and. Sorry. Yeah, I can't say nothing about it yet, but like, that's it's, it's not a fair. Book. I respect that. It's not a book, but you know, it's, it's something, you know, it's a, it's a film, you know, that's going to be full on documentary. Oh shit. Yeah. Okay. Then, then leave it right there. <laughs> there we go. I'm, I'm all into that. I mean, <laughs> I'll leave that document right there. It's going to be something that, so... it's going to be something that you'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Did you watch Tony Hawk's doc? Oh, hell Tony yeah. Wheels fall off? Yeah. That was pretty incredible. It was amazing. It was very. I love that guy. He's just dope. He's just. I mean, I, I yeah, especially now when like I mean, I do like the fact that they talked about towards the end. I mean, spoiler alert if people haven't seen it. Like the dude's just destroying his body. Yeah, you know, and like you're all of us are at an age now where it's like maybe. You should be a little bit more careful. Oh, dude, I'm doing so it. I'm so careful now. They kind of just like, ah. especially for your kids, right? Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm going to be able to walk around like 
I, I'm, I'm fine with speeding down the street to do a slappy and <laughs> cruising, and I'm happy with it. <laughs> yeah. I think I did my due. <laughs> now I could just <laughs> chill. <laughs> Cruise, yeah, you, nothing to prove anymore. Yeah, nothing to prove. I, I'll do. I'll do the behind the scenes stuff like this, like the book, and you know, help out people and like, you know, help people, um, be in life. You, you like that? Yeah. Yeah. Do Do you see yourself like mentoring folks more? Uh yeah, for sure. I think it's a it's a really good thing because a lot of a lot of also because there's so many skateboarders, a lot of stuff is lost in translation. So a lot, yeah. of, a lot of kids are like, what are you talking about that? What? I'm like, no, no, this is what it is. Uh, so it's just, it, it's good because we need to also preserve the sport to make sure everyone knows what it's about from all around the world. Not only west to east, what east to west, like all around the world. We got to show it what skateboarding was overall. It was, it was a challenge for everyone everywhere. Yeah, especially like during our time growing up, like the eighties and nineties, that was like it wasn't like something that was like, yay, that was like we're just a small group. When you look at it, you're like, we're tiny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and now yeah. it's it's oh yeah, again, like I see skate videos of like kids in my neighborhood, and like I'm in, <laughs> you know, I live in the Midwest, man, yeah. I'm in St. Louis, Missouri. <laughs> There's, you know, we do have a skate park here, yeah, uh, but yeah, it's it's just it's nuts. I know. Uh, One, like God, back in the day, you hear a roll, somebody rolling, be like, "Holy shit, somebody skating around here!" <laughs> I'm not. Now it's like you hear <laughs> everywhere, like, "Whoa!" Like, who are these? Before it was like you, you, you skating down the block. Now I'm like, who is that kid? And who's that kid? Like, like, be, like for me to go to the train, like, which is four blocks away, I see at least twenty kids like that aren't hanging out with each other. It wasn't like yeah. the way we were, like a, a group of bandits. It was like, <laughs> like just one, like there, and one other one there. I'm like, where are they going? <laughs> As New York has evolved a ton, do you feel that there's parts of New York for you that are still the way that the way that they should be? And if so, like, where are those places? Restaurants or? I mean, I still got my places. Like, I like to go to. Uh, I don't know. It's just um, it depends where you want to go, right? <laughs> so if someone if someone comes to you and they're like, Alex, where where are we getting dinner tonight? Where do you take them? I take them either somewhere in Soho. Still, I still love the energy of Soho, no matter what. I don't know why really? it just attracts me. And then the Lower East Side. Oh damn! Yeah, classic stuff. Yeah. Oh hell yeah, yeah! I used to. I remember when I first moved to New York. I uh, was on Norfolk and Delancey. Oh, wow. And I lived with this jazz musician named Bill Ware, who was in this like jazz group uh, called the Jazz Passengers. And it was this guy, him. He played the vibraphone. And this was like old New York at the time, at least for what he was living in. I mean, I, I was there 2004, so it wasn't really old. And um, they did shows with Debbie Harry of right. Blondie. And nice. like my first night in New York was. Bill, Roy, and Deborah Harry in our apartment, like that's amazing. You know, doing whatever. <laughs> yeah. And I remember I called my dad, and I was like in tears. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. This is freaky. <laughs> and they were going to Tonic, which was right across yeah. the street from our apartment. Okay, you live right and, there. I know exactly uh, where you love that. Yeah, 
Yeah. And it was, yeah, it was 106 Norfolk. Yep. And, um, uh, that night, Yoko Ono was doing some bizarro yelling poetry reading thing at Tonic that <laughs> night. And like, I remember being there and I was like, holy shit, like this is New York. And I didn't even at the time, like I couldn't connect someone like, you know, like I knew who Blondie was, but yeah. I didn't, it didn't like, resonate. Didn't get, didn't, you know, and yeah. she was chill as hell. Yeah. But it was just nuts to me. And, you know, the apartment was a shithole. There was like a hole in the wall. It was like one of the last places, you know, he eventually took a bunch of money so they would move out because he had, was like rent, you know, rent controlled or whatever. And I mean, and then I would go see him. He'd play it like Acme and stuff like that, you know, and it was just like vibes, like not the slang, like vibraphone. Like he would just go and just play vibes everywhere. And, you know, I remember going there and Bill had a skateboard and Bill was skating around. And he was like, he ripped, man. He was, he was crazy good. And he was just like doing kickflips and stuff down near Delancey. And I'm like, this guy was, it was nuts. And like, when I think of New York now, and I think of like some of the best times of my life, like it was, even though at that time I was scared out of my mind and had no idea what I was doing, like that, there's something about the energy of that time, like the innocence, the, um, the fear in a way that, is almost comforting. It was, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, I, a huge, huge respect for obviously everything that like you helped kind of create in this skate oh, scene. Man. It's, it's like, it's not even only, it's all of us. Like, we, we did it together, you know, as, <laughs> us New Yorkers, you know, it's something that, that was very, very, very special, very, very special time. It's can't, can't ever see it being recreated ever again. It's, it's just, I, you know. Does that make you happy or does that make you sad though? Uh, makes me happy, but you know, kind of sad. It's a little sad, but very happy that we put that work because again, with all the dangers that we were dealing with and all the shit that we had to deal with and like crazy time. Yeah. Crazy, crazy, innocent time. It was just special, special. But like I said, I'm, I'm glad everyone's, Rocking out still. I'm glad that we're we're growing in numbers like like the rapid fire. Yeah. Well, we're we're starting to wrap up, but I okay. have a, a series of random questions here for you before we before we go. Go. Um, if you were making a YouTube how to video, what would the subject be? How to be positive in skateboarding in life. Damn. Respect. Okay. What's the last movie you saw? Oh, what did I just see? I just saw. Um... The Halloween Kills. Oh, damn. Okay. Thoughts? <laughs> I loved it. That was funny. <laughs> they finally crushed him. You got, Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. No, you're good. You yeah. got a... Are you into horror movies? Love horror movies. I'm, I'm, your, I, right now, before I got with you, I'm watching Bones and all. <laughs> oh, okay. That one's... I'm like... I was like, oh, I got to get on. And I was like, whoa, but I'm seeing it's pretty gnarly. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, that there's some that's a freaky movie. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's your classic horror movie? My classic Dawn of the Dawn of the Dead, the original one from the seventies. Oh damn. Yeah. I got I got into like uh what was that account? It's called like Shudder or whatever. Yeah. Oh Shudder. I got like a, a coupon for it and was like watching all these horror movies and man, there there's some pretty incredible cinematography in this oh, yeah, yeah, too. A lot sure. of people like it wasn't just some 
crap, you know, slasher with uh, ketchup packets. Yeah. <laughs> and see, also, the original Conan the Barbarian. Not the second one, the first one. The one that, yeah. that you know, the Lawrence did. The, that one. That was, that was very classic. That was very well done. Not so not not the Schwarzenegger one. That's Schwarzenegger one, the original one. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah the first yeah. one, very first one. Have you watched Have you watched that movie with uh, Schwarzenegger's commentary? No. Oh, you got to do it. All right, it is. It turns the movie into a comedy because, like, the whole time. I swear to God, the whole you can watch some of the clips on YouTube, but um, Arnold is basically like narrates the movie because, like, with director's commentary on DVDs, a lot of people. You know, you want, oh, in this scene, we use this camera. We did this sort of thing. This was the storyline. And Arnold basically, like, it's like he's watching it for the first time. Right. And he's like, oh, I remember this scene. Yeah, that was really cool. <laughs> you know, and it was like, well, yeah, yeah. But, like, his insight and his comments on everything, it's hilarious. It's like comedy gold. Right. Um, you got to check it out. Um, what's the last album you heard? Last album I heard. What's that? Gonna that you like. That I like? Nah, yeah, that's a hard one. <laughs> <laughs> I love music. music isn't what it used to be. Nah, it's not it's not. <laughs> it is music also where you're just like, huh? Nah, I just been. I guess I've just been DJing a whole bunch of stuff. So <laughs> it's a lot of punk, hardcore, disco, bunch of everything. Okay, I just did a. I did a, my second board release with HR from Bad Brains, and he Jesus. performed. Yeah, <laughs> I totally. So yeah, that was last Saturday. It was it was cool. It was great hanging out with HR, and I was like, "Wow!" I was like, "You have inspired my life forever." <laughs> From day you one. tell him that? Oh uh, yeah, of course. But I told him that before. I didn't tell him on. How does he respond to that? Oh, he's just like, "Ja, you know, he's tired. He's, like, <laughs> he's getting old." <laughs> you know, he. Yeah, he, I mean, for somebody that's, that's been jumping around the way he has since the seventies. I understand. It's like, you know, it's like skateboarding. Yeah. After a while, it's like, oh, it's all I got. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a thing. Cause I feel like sometimes, especially now where like people talk about like never meet your heroes or whatever. And, yeah. you know, sometimes you'll talk to them and you think they're, they're led, they're the Dalai Lama and they're about to, they're to say the most thought provoking wisdom soaked thing ever. Yep. And you find out they're like, they're just normal people. Just trying to do a job, trying to live, trying, yep, trying to live, yep. trying to pay their, you know, insurance and all that crap. Yeah. And, uh, it's in a, in a way, I think it's really, uh, humbling because you recognize like we're all way more similar than what we realize. Oh no, of course. I mean, remember skating over 12 hours a day, every day, then going out at night. That's New York lifestyle. That's what we did. It's like 12, skating all day from morning to night, go out. And if you still had it in you, go go out after go after the club. That was so. And like when I think about that every time, I'm like, where the hell did that energy come from to just go 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 go? Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully it wasn't too much illegal substance. <laughs> uh, to each their own. <laughs> yeah, it is funny. Like all the people from that era, they're all sober now. Yeah. Oh yeah, a lot of people. Yeah. Yep. It's like sober is like the cool thing. You yep. know, it's like kids are being like, yeah, I'm sober. And I'm like, you're a kid. You better be sober. What are you talking about? <laughs> Don't do what we did, kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, last thing, yep. a movie or a book or album 
that um describes you. Or like something that when someone mentions, yeah. you're like, oh, you get me. That obviously isn't full bleed. Yeah. Um think it'll be Dabrin's Eye Against Eye album. Oh, damn. Very classic banger. Yes, yes it is. There's everything in there. It's just like, oh, energy that I have, the energy that I was putting out there. It's just like, that whole album was just like amazing. Yeah, that's sick. Well, Alex, thank you again thank so you. much for your time. Thank you. Thank you again this is for awesome. your contributions to skate culture and skating. It was a huge, huge, huge honor to meet you. Thank uh, you. Thanks again, man. It was great to meet you. You've been listening to Blamo. Thanks so much. Our show is produced by Blamo Media. We're edited by Amar Lal. And our theme music, as always, by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. If you like what you heard, come on, share the pod with a friend, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, or uh, give us five stars or whatever it is on Spotify. The stuff you do when you like things, you know. Follow us on Instagram for all the hot content at Blamo Podcast. And if you want to talk to us and give us your hot take, we'd love to hear from you. Just send us an email at info at blamopod.com and we'll put it in a future episode. If you want to hang with us and join the Blam fam, visit patreon.com forward slash Blamo, where we have tons and tons of exclusive episodes, exclusive shows with the Derek guy presents show i don't even know what it's called blamo presents Derek guy and the triple j show and our incredible amazing slack community all right everybody that's it for me see you soon